This week, we talk about the harvest host phenomenon and how to find an awesome camping spot for free. We talk about the growing parts shortage that is affecting all parts of the RV industry. And your questions, RV News of the Week, and a great off-the-beaten-path report from the Berkshire. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 337 of the RV podcast. And it doesn't make any difference what kind of an RV you have, whether it's a motorhome, a towable trailer, a fifth wheel, a pop-up camper, even if it's a tent and you're just dreaming about getting an RV someday. This show is for you because here we talk about getting out there, enjoying God's awesome creation, meeting interesting people, and always using the right gear and technology to enhance the RV lifestyle. So welcome. We are very glad you chose to put us in your ears this week. And this uh, episode of the RV podcast is brought to you by Peace of Mind for RVs.com. That's an emergency transportation coverage solution that pays 100% of all your ambulance charges by ground, by air, anywhere, by Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand, offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes, perfect for the RV lifestyle. By Battleborne Batteries, makers of quality, safe, and reliable lithium batteries that can be installed in just about every RV. And by Leisure Travel Vans, makers of quality, Class C small motorhomes on both the Sprinter and the Ford Transit chassis. And you'll be hearing more about all those folks and uh, those uh, great sponsors of ours as the podcast continues. But right now, my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, my dear. Hello, Michael. Well, here we are, uh, week three, I think our third podcast that we have done since we have been down here in Florida, where we are going to stay until it starts to get too warm down here. And then we'll follow our own advice and just uh, try and stay in perfect summer degree weather. Summer weather, we'll head north and enjoy um, the northern latitudes and maybe later on the mountains to keep it right about we just did a post on the blog about this, trying to keep it in the 70s. That's our favorite sweet spot, mm-hmm. isn't it? I, I enjoy that temperature rather than being in the 90s. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about 75, 76 down here where we are now on the Emerald Coast. Most days, some days it gets a little cooler. I think we had it 69 the other day. But uh, that's, uh, that's, that's our, our contention, that uh, stay in uh, about 70-degree weather, and you'll be, uh, you'll be pretty happy. Um, one of the things I want to pass along to you is as we have traveled over the last few weeks through a number of different states, it's been clear to us that gas prices are indeed much higher than they were even uh, before the first of the year. I mean, since mid-January, they have gone up and up. And now everywhere we go, uh, at least what we get, which is mid-grade uh, gasoline for our van, our Class C on the Ford Transit runs on gas, and it's consistently over three dollars a gallon now. I think I paid three eighteen yesterday when I filled it up, 
Uh, diesel prices, as I look, pushing four dollars, and that's a man. That's a big hike in just the last uh, couple of months. And yeah. it's all indications are going going to get it's higher. Go higher. Kind of does this. It cycles through. We've seen them higher than this, way way higher, and we've seen them last year. We saw them pretty low. But uh, what are you going to do? Hey, there was. Uh, well, we noticed this. We've been talking about, and we're going to talk about it in the news of the week in just a minute about parts shortages. And you found that out. It's not just automotive stuff like that F-150 chip that is delaying construction of, uh, you know, manufacture of all the Ford F-150s, but other things too. You, we went shopping yesterday and you found out some stuff. Well, a simple little thing like dish towels. You know, you we take so much for granted in this country and a lot of things when I go into the big box shops, I'm finding that there aren't things there. The cupboards are kind of bare. And I went to a place to buy sheets and towels for our condo, and they were short on a lot of different things. They said they're just not getting them. And uh, dish towels, and like I say, a lot of things that would, they would normally have, they don't have. And we've noticed this in, in, uh, as we've traveled across the country in many different areas. Now, of a particular interest to us, of course, is the part shortage affecting the RV industry. And um, that has resulted, along with unprecedented consumer demand for RVs, that has resulted in amazing backlogs. Uh, there are now a number of different manufacturers that routinely will quote you uh, 12 to 16 months for a new build, some of them as high as uh, two years if you ordered today, the way things are. I remember you telling me you went to Poland many years ago to do a story, and one person out of this group of women that lived together, it was her job to shop. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll never reach that point in this country. Yeah, standing in lines, waiting for stuff to come in, uh, you know, and that was, so maybe, you know, we're kind of like realizing what it's been like in different parts of the world for a long time, but uh, the RV industry really hit hard by it, and here's an example of it. Uh, we've been talking every week about different RV shows around the country, and many of the in-person shows have opened up over the last few months. There was one that was supposed to be on this weekend in Fort Myers, Florida, and they canceled it. Do, do you know why they canceled it? Because they had no inventory. Well, that's logical because <laughs> everybody's dealers, buying RVs. The dealers have sold everything. We're not cranking them out the way you know the, the country normally does. And yeah, and so they all talked, and the dealers had nothing to bring, and uh, you know the the delay for new stuff, even old. They didn't have old as well. Uh, so my goodness, we had. Uh, uh, I feel so sorry for all those folks, you know, they were going to have this big RV show and they had to cancel it, not because of COVID, but because of inventory shortages, either used or new RVs. So you, you're going to hear more of that, I think, uh, as this national supply chain uh, problem continues to, to uh, show itself. I know it's, there's still, uh, I, I see pictures every now and then outside of uh, the coastline of outside of LA of all these container ships lined up, they can't get unloaded fast enough in the ports. And what a mess. And you'll have a story just in a minute here in the news of the week as we, uh, as we continue along. Uh, what else is new? It's, um, let's see. No, if you are listening uh, on uh, this podcast, as this comes out on Wednesday, March 24th, 
There will be no Ask Us Anything. That's our live stream that we do. It's an hour-long Ask Us Anything Q&A that we do on Sunday nights. We're not going to do that this coming Sunday because we it's, got family coming. Yeah, we have family coming. And we are going to uh, try and minimize as little work as I can do for the next week and get everything done either in advance or um, or put it off a week. And one of the things we're going to put off is Ask Us Anything so we can uh, enjoy some family time. Uh, so that's going to be next week, the week before Easter. We're looking forward to seeing our family down here in the nice warm weather. Uh, so that's what we got. And uh, I think we're pretty excited about that, are we not? We are very excited. News. Mike's got news. RV news. Travel news. Inside information and trends that shape the RV lifestyle. Here's the RV news of the week. RV manufacturers are having difficulty getting seat foam which in turn is causing production delays and could add to the cost of a new RV, according to a report out last week. A key chemical used to make seat foam is produced only in five manufacturing plants in North America, all of which are along the Gulf Coast and were impacted by late February's heavy snow and freezing temperatures that caused heavy damage in that area of the country. It may not be until May until all plants are up and running. And car and boat manufacturers are also in need of this ingredient. The whole tight supply chain issue has significantly impacted RV manufacturers since the COVID shutdown that started last year. And of course, that cold snap in Texas, just adding to the problems there. Hey, there is some good news uh, to fans of Glacier National Park who like to uh, enter the park through the eastern uh, entryway. Uh, that eastern entryway, uh, which is, you know, we're, that's our favorite entry. That's near many glaciers, and we've got some great hiking spots that we like there. I got a, a little moose that I like to go take pictures of. I know a lake he hangs out on, or his buddies hang out on. So we come in that eastern exit entrance and exit all the time uh, to Glacier. And that is on the, uh, the land owned by the Blackfeet Nation, and that has been closed because of COVID. Well, um, good news. Last week, the Blackfeet Nation unanimously voted to open the park's east entrances. So the eastern entrances to this majestic national park, uh, which runs through the tribe's land, now open. Uh, they were closed about one year ago right now to protect the tribe from COVID. But um, uh, the majority of the Blackfeet uh, tribes adults are now vaccinated and the tribe feels comfortable reopening so if you visit glacier this year expect uh, though when you get in there that you're going to have to wear a mask and practice social distancing uh, when you're on either the national park land or the blackfeet land um, glacier of course as we said is one of uh, jennifer and my favorite national parks if you've never been there Man, I, I really recommend it. And go in through that eastern entrance, and uh, particularly many glaciers. That's our favorite part there. We saw an interesting article out of Utah that's a good reminder to all of us to keep your dog on leash when camping or walking in the woods, especially this time of year. Why? It could impact a wild animal's survival. Wild animals coming out of winter are often dealing with a lack of food from the winter months, making them weak. When a dog chases them, the animals are using valuable energy, leaving them less likely to survive. On a lighter note, 
in perhaps the latest sign that the country's inching closer to normally normalcy. <laughs> the mermaids are back. Yep, the mermaids at Florida's Wikiwachi Springs State Park. The popular underwater mermaid show at one of the country's most popular state parks was canceled uh, last year, a year ago, right this month, because of COVID concerns. And now that show is reopened, limited seating still, uh, and facial masks required. But the mermaids are back performing at Wikiwachi State Park. The Bureau of Land Management in Nevada is banning section of land near Reno to overnight camping permanently. In an attempt to address people illegally camping for more than 14 consecutive days, BLM land often provides a free place for boondockers to stay when exploring parts of the country. But in areas where affordable housing is a problem, it can also become a place where homeless camps set up, as what apparently happened near Reno. In the Reno area, the BLM land is also littered with trash and abandoned RVs from these illegal camps. For newbies, we rarely hear of problems like this in uh, more sparsely populated areas, but it shows the importance of doing your research. But this has been a growing problem around the country. And authorities are dealing with it by completely closing those sites to campers. And that is not good. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand offering direct-to-consumer pricing and powerful premium electric bikes now with free shipping and a special discount to listeners of the RV podcast. Now, you know, if you're a regular listener, that Jennifer and I are always talking about our Rad Power Bikes. We love them. They are so much fun for the RV lifestyle. We take them with us as often as we can. Rad Power Bikes, their slogan, I love it. They're built for everything and they're priced for everyone. And um, they have a number of different models. Uh, I happen to have the city bike model and Jennifer has the city bike step-through model. Mine has that center bar that you swing your leg over. Hers is step-through, which is very, very popular. Those step-through models are very popular. But Rad Power Bike, oh my gosh, they make a bunch of different uh, models. They have a foldable one. If you don't have a lot of storage space, they'll fold right up, com very compact. They have fat tire versions, mountain type versions. They got uh, the city beach cruiser style, a uh, series of different e-bike models. They can all go 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. And you can pedal, of course. Uh, every model gives you the choice to ride pedal-free with throttle using five different levels of pedal assist for a little extra boost. Or you can combine pedal assist with pedaling. They are so much fun. You can go between 20 and 40 miles on a single charge. Rad Power bikes are priced at less than half the cost of comparable bikes on the market. And that is because the dealer retail markup chain is cut out. Here's the special deal. If you mention RV Lifestyle, remember that coupon code, that promo code, RV Lifestyle. Mention that at checkout and they will give you an additional $75 off. Plus, of course, you get free shipping on all of their bike models. They're very easy to put together. Uh, it won't take you long at all. If you have any questions, they have folks uh, that uh, you can reach right away through support to help you through. But um, you, you will find half the cost of comparable models because they deal directly with you. Again, remember that coupon code RV Lifestyle for an additional $75 off. Visit them at Rad Power Bikes. 
Com. Questions? You've got them. Mike and his network of RV reporters have the answers. Here's one of our questions of the week. All right, and this one comes to us uh, via our RV Lifestyle Facebook group. Almost 50,000 members strong. What I love about that group is if you have a comment or a question or need some input from other RVers, if you post it there, you get answers almost all the time. And uh, thus, we have one we want to share today. This comes from Dave Clark. <laughs> I like the name. Uh, and he uh, asks, uh, while the RV is moving, is everyone buckled up and potential flying objects secured? That's a great question. <laughs> you have to be. Otherwise, things will be falling all over the place. Oh, my goodness. We got, uh, last I checked, over 50 different responses to that question. I think he just posted it uh, the morning I looked. And uh, uh, I can just tell you from our standpoint that um, we um, have the both the driver and the passenger are always in, under seatbelts. We do our best to restrain Bo. We have a harness for Bo, and there is a adapter that will work on a seatbelt uh, that's right behind me. Uh, he doesn't always do that. Sometimes he's in the back sleeping, and, and that is a problem. We shouldn't do that. But uh, as you'll hear in the answers, um, you kind of take your chance, and, and uh, most time it works out okay. But um, your dogs, your pets, everything should be secured. We have had issues. We've had things fall out of shelves. Yeah, and sometimes like a, you have to make sure things are shut tight, like your freezer, refrigerator doors are shut tight, that if you have a pantry, that the buttons are pushed in, that your all of your cabinets are securely latched. Now, we used to have a checklist for this, but we've now done it so often that it's second nature. But you call it, you go into your flight attendant yeah, mode. Yeah, I call it the flight attendant mode. And you just walk up and down the aisle and make Both, sure everything's shut. Yeah, just like they shut the overhead cabinets. That's what we have to do in our yeah, RVs. I, I wanted to be a flight attendant when I was young, but I was too tall. There was yeah. discrimination then against being tall. There was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, couldn't be tall. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, you do a great job <laughs> as a flight attendant on our RV. We shut all those cupboards. We latch them. We tighten them. Uh, don't forget the pantry. We've had that open. Uh, make sure that your refrigerator is really secured and uh, shut down tight. We had at one point some frozen items that popped out, and that can damage your floor when it hits. It can, and it can terrify your pet. Yes, and it's done that. But anyway, I thought I would share some of the answers that uh, our RV Lifestyle Facebook community gave to, uh, to Dave Clark's question. And this one is from Sally, and Sally says, uh, we move around as needed to potty, get drinks, or fix lunch. The dogs move from seat to seat. If my Class A rolls, a seat belt would only make it easier for them to find my body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not where I expected that to go. No, and then uh, there was a couple of pauses you could see almost, and then another one of our readers says, uh, you really made me laugh enough to wake my <laughs> husband up when I read that. Couldn't decide whether to be horrified or amused, but amusement won. <laughs> uh, here's one from Lisa. And Lisa says, yes, everything that can be tied down gets tied down in our RV. Pantry items, secured bathroom items, all placed into baskets and put under the sink. Items we might need are placed in the kitchen sink. Good idea there. Mm -hmm. We also travel with our refrigerator off. I don't think I would go that far, but everything is in our Yeti cooler ah. and some foods are cooked at home and 
uh, are meant to be defrosted as we travel for our first meal. Well, that's a good idea. That's mm-hmm. being efficient. Uh, Steve says, general rule of thumb, anything that could slide, tip over, or fall out will do so. My dog wanders around while we're underway, but he's been known to tumble as well. Richie, I grew up traveling in a bus conversion in the late 70s and 80s. Not one seatbelt to be found in it. And I was usually full of kids. It was usually full of kids and lots of jumping around. We traveled up and down the West Coast all the way down to Cancun in Mexico, and I'm still alive. (laughs) This is my grandfather who drove us all in one of his buses. He and my dad converted. Best childhood I could ever ask for. Buffy says, I'm sure about 80% of us have a similar story. I was, a, I was one of five kids tossed into the back of a station wagon. And on a nice day, we'd sit on the tailgate on it with our feet dangling down as we drove. <laughs> a comedian tells of bouncing around and on a good day when his father slammed on the brakes, he'd actually end up in a better seat than he started in. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Juliana I do have the dog in a harness on a long line. I was in a bad accident years ago. The dog I had fled and was never found. I don't want this guy roaming around or worse. And perhaps the best advice at all uh, is uh, from Gary, who, uh, or is it Carrie? Carrie, who is very responsible and says, whether it's a legal requirement is immaterial to me. Safety demands that every person be buckled in and everything stashed that can fly as a missile. Just last week, my dog Scout and I were on the way to Nebraska for an annual Sand Hill crane migration. We were on Colorado State Highway 14, cruising behind a flatbed trailer and uh, about 65 miles an hour, and suddenly I realized that the trailer was stopping with no brake lights. I hit the brakes as hard as I could, even with anti-lock brakes on my Mercedes Sprinter Class B, I could hear the tires squeal. Scout was buckled into his harness on the passenger seat, but it has enough slack in it that he landed on the floor in front of the passenger seat, but nothing else moved because everything was where it belonged. We stopped in time, but not without a whole lot of room. If I hadn't realized the truck was stopping, we would have hit the flatbed. Our camper would have been destroyed but by having both dog and me buckled in and everything in its place, we would have survived. That's what seat belts and harnesses do. It's really easy to think we're in our houses as we roll down the road. We're not. Kids need to be buckled in, and if kids haven't been taught to stay in their harnesses or child safety seats, then parents and grandparents need to learn how to control the kids. So there you go. Bottom line is, Restrain as much as you can, right? Yes. And, and be, everything does have to be put away because it'll rattle, it'll slide off, it'll get damaged. You know, you, you got to make sure everything's, you know, where it should be. I think the best advice we can give you is make a checklist and uh, even have his and her checklist. Uh, I read someplace, one of our Facebook people says, yep, his checklist says, do the checklist before she reminds you to. <laughs> <laughs> and her checklist remind him to do his checklist. So, but whatever your system is, uh, before you take off, 
Make sure there's nothing that's going to come. And you're going to learn to put everything away because if if you're somebody who gets so in the box of going to hit the road that you forget to batten things down, you'll learn real quick that it's not fun to pull over a couple miles down the road. Hey, if you are not a member of our Facebook community, our RV Lifestyle Facebook group, uh, I invite you to do so. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook, rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook, and uh, fill out that little, a couple little questions, join the group, and join about 50,000 other fellow RVers who are out there ready to help you with advice and answer your questions. We'd love to have you be a part of the rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook community. Hey, fellow travelers, want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number, 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. This part of the RV podcast brought to you by Battle Born Batteries, makers of quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that can be installed in just about every RV. Get in touch with Battle Born to find out what lithium batteries and an upgraded energy management system can add to your RV. Jennifer and I have two 100 amp hour uh, Battle Born batteries in our RV. We had them in our previous one. Uh, and uh, coupled with 400 watts of solar, we are about as energy efficient as we could possibly be. We, we seldom have to hook up. Uh, we do as much boondocking as we can, uh, places where there are no hookups, dispersed camping in beautiful areas across the country. And the reason we can do that and pretty much always find someplace great to stay is because we are not tethered to that electric outlet on, um, on an RV park which are all filled these days. Our Battleborn batteries, uh, you know, they charge faster. They offer better performance than AGM batteries. They charge fuller. They're longer lasting. They're maintenance free. And the team of battery experts at Battleborn are familiar with most of the existing components on your RV, whether it's a class A, class C, a B van, travel trailer, camper. Don't worry. They can um, help you with those RVs as well offering different size 12 volt lithium deep cycle models from 100 amp hours to 200 amp hour monsters that'll keep you going, all of them protected by a 10 year guarantee. Check them out, go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium, rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Time now for the RV podcast interview of the week. Interesting, entertaining, and helpful information about the RV lifestyle. Here's Mike with this week's interview. All right, we're going to talk this week um, with uh, a friend of ours. He's been on the program before. Joel Holland is his name, and he is the CEO of Harvest Hosts. And Harvest Hosts just signed up its 2,000th location in North America. It has plans, very ambitious plans, to reach 3,000 by year's end. And um, uh, Joel is going to talk with us on uh, one, uh, all about the Harvest Host phenomenon, a little bit of backstory, how it all grew. Uh, Harvest Host, if you are not familiar with it, is a service that lets you camp free overnight at wineries, farms, distilleries, tourist attractions, even golf courses all across North America. And so in episode 337 today of the RV podcast, we talk with Joel Holland 
the CEO about his plans for the service in the coming months. And by the way, keep listening because uh, we'll talk about a special discount you can get if you sign up uh, at, a, at a special link we have here for you on the podcast. Our interview of the week is with Joel Holland. Well, Joel Holland joins us right now from Harvest Hosts. And Joel, it's time to go camping again. How are you? I'm doing great. And I think like most of your viewers, I'm itching to get back on the road. We live out in Colorado, so it's been our winter season, but the RV is um, winterized and I'm ready to dewinterize. So it's, it's and, exciting times. And you are going to be traveling with a, uh, a new companion, uh, a three-month-old baby girl, right? That's right. Yeah. Waverly was born uh, December 8th. She's had all of her you know, baby vaccinations now. And um, it feels like she's going to be a good traveler. You never really know. But as far as driving her around in the car, she seems to like to look out the window and, and it's very like really enjoys traveling. So she, she, she got that from us. Hopefully that carries over to the RV. Well, let's talk about this uh, year that uh, is uh, just now really getting underway. Uh, in most places, COVID at least seems to be on the decline. There's a general feeling that uh, we're going to be able to travel again. Uh, you guys did a pretty comprehensive study. In fact, I think it's one of the more in-depth studies that we've seen anywhere about uh, travel, RV travel in 2021. And can you give us a quick recap of what you learned from that study? Yes, absolutely. So we we have uh, 10,000 uh, RV um, mainly owners responded to our survey. So it's a lot of data. Um, and it was very positive for, for the travel outlook. You know, the high level data points, 76% of respondents said they plan to travel more this year than last year. That was not hugely surprising. What was surprising was a full 60% said they plan to travel more this year than pre-COVID. And I, I think that represents this pent up demand. You know, there's a lot of people who are just like, I'm itching to get out and on the road. So um, we're going to see, I think 2021 is going to be a, a massive travel season. Um, and here's why it's going to be domestic. 81% of respondents said they do not plan to go internationally this year. 69% um, said they still don't feel safe getting on an airplane. And 56% uh, said they don't feel safe staying in a hotel. No surprise, 99% said they do feel safe traveling in an RV. So all this data kind of points to more travel. It's going to be domestic and it's going to be in an RV. Now, you guys uh, still had a lot of people that were out using Harvest Host locations in 2020. Uh, as uh, not every venue, of course, was open, but uh, I, I, lots of people were out there using it. So I, I wonder how... Uh, everyone is prepared for, for 2021. Now, you've been around uh, long enough that everybody knows what Harvest Host is. Uh, and with campgrounds so full, how are you guys going to handle all that? All of our, all those uh, those spots that are Harvest Host locations, how are they going to handle this demand? Well, and, and so that that is a, that's what we focus most on, uh, are our host locations and increasing that number um, with high quality hosts. And so we, we added, like, hundreds last year where you know, we just announced um, this month, we passed 2000 hosts in our network, uh, which is great, right? Great geographic coverage. And it's a really good compliment to the camping and you know, campground inventory. Cause to your point, we're seeing already some early signs that campgrounds are sold out. State parks are sold out. National parks are sold out. So um, I think Harvest Host becomes a, a great 
tool in the toolkit, you know, for finding a location to stay, especially during, you know, these busy times when it might be difficult otherwise. Uh, but we're working to add hundreds of new campgrounds a year, a month. Our goal this year in 2021 is to add 1,000 new locations and end the year with uh, over 3,000 Harvest Host locations. Well, even the 2,000 mark uh, that you just uh, achieved, uh, walk us through the, a little bit of this Harvest Host phenomenon. When you started, and I, I feel uh, almost uh, vicariously mm -hmm. that I'm right with you on this, because I think we started talking about you guys right when you started, yep. but this this incredible growth that you've had, uh, and what do you attribute this phenomenon to? Why so much interest in these Harvest Host locations? Yeah, Besides so, the fact that they're free, you know, they're free basically, except for no, you know, whatever well, you purchase there. Totally. You know, it's interesting. I, I think that the, the free factor is the least compelling reason that Harvest Host has been so successful. I think what travelers are looking for are unique experiences. And, um, you know, campgrounds are super important. You know, they provide a lot of utility and I use them like hundreds of days a year. But Harvest Host locations are truly unique. And, you know, I've seen from some of your travels with Jennifer, you know, an alligator farm, right? Alpaca farms, staying at wineries where you can both indulge in the tastings and not have to drive anywhere, you know, parking among the vines or parking in a lavender field. These are really memorable experiences. And, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but one of the reasons that we got into RVing was to see the country and come away with stories. And you really get this like really unique experience and storytelling experience from Harvest Hosts. So I think that's why it's been popular for members, for hosts. You know, we we have so many joining the program right now and it's because they love our members. In fact, when we survey our hosts and we ask them, why are you in the Harvest Host program? The number one response is that they enjoy meeting our members and sharing their lifestyle with them. I thought that was really touching uh, because the number two answer was the additional revenue, which I expected, right? You expect a business to participate in a program to make more money. It's a business. Um, but, but really our, our hosts love our members because we have wonderful members. And I think that just translates, you know, our viewers are just typically wonderful people. I think about this alpaca farm that Jennifer and I visited in New Mexico uh, a couple of years ago now, and it was about this time of year and it was just truly a unique experience. We got, up close with those alpacas. We got to learn about them. And um, the wonderful woman who runs that farm told us that she was so glad to be on a harvest house. She said that she couldn't travel as much as she would like at all, really, because she's caring for the animals. But through Harvest Host, she got to vicariously travel through all the people that, that she had met. And we've stayed in touch with her throughout the years. And I think that that's just been multiplied so many times. You hit the word experience. It's an experience. And, and I'd even use the word adventure. So many of those spots. Talk about uh, your favorite places. And, and we mentioned a few, uh, but uh, you also uh, are a participant as the CEO of Harvest Host. What are your favorites? Yeah. Oh, it's fun. That's a fun question. So we, of course, love wineries because we love wine and I, and I love the setting. So, so I'd say on any, in, in every trip we go on, we always sprinkle in wineries more and more recently breweries and distilleries have started joining our program and we're up to a few hundred of them now. And, um, and they're really, you know, that that's a kind of a lot of fun and a whole different experience. And then we like to add in kind of our, our, um, museums and other attractions is what we call them, but I'll give you a couple examples. So when we drove across Kansas last year, 
we stay at the Underground Salt Museum, the Stratica mm -hmm. Underground Salt Museum. And actually, you, you take an elevator 400 feet down into the ground, and you see how salt is made, and you see them blasting it out of the walls. That was, you know, pretty cool. I had no idea how my table salt arrived at my table. Now I know. Um, so very educational. Uh, driving through Nebraska, we went to the Golden Spike Tower, which is the world's largest train yard. And they have this huge observational tower you can go up and sit in. Hundreds of thousands of trains couple and decouple every day. I mean, the scale of this operation is mind boggling. Um, and it kind of brought out my inner child. It's like everyone loves trains. Seeing it was really cool. Uh, and the last one I'll say, um, Mount Washington Cog Railway in New Hampshire. It, it's, a, it's a railway that's been there since the 1800s. And this thing at, at a certain point is on almost a 45 degree angle, chugging up a hill yeah. using coal. I mean, it's cool. So these are the unique experiences that I love talking about. And this is what is available out there. We have found the same. Uh, one of the things that we really like are farms because, you know, you, you just take for granted how food gets to your table and uh, the amount of work that goes in, the dedication to the land, the stories you hear from the farmers at, at your locations. In fact, we're going to one uh, just in a couple of weeks. We'll be staying at one. So uh, the big news for Harvest Host in the last couple of weeks, though, I saw in all of the trade publications was a $37 million uh, investment. Uh, what was that all about? And what will you do with all of that? Yes, um, that was a big announcement. And it's very exciting. Uh, we're essentially going to use the money to continue growing this program. Um, number one, to make it available to more RVers, because it, I really truly believe that any RVer that uses Harvest Host comes away, you know, a little happier from the experience. So we want more people to know about it, which means we need more locations, right? We want to be able to support, like right now we have 2,000 businesses. I'd love to have 10,000 small businesses all over the country in our program both because it's great for our members, but it's also really good for the small businesses that we work with. Um, we, we, you know, we've ran some, some numbers this year. Our members are going to spend over $40 million with the hosts that they visit. And that translates into an average of an extra $13,000 per host uh, that's in the program. Some of our hosts are making $50,000 a year in additional income. And, and that, and number one, we never take any of that. There's never any cost to be in the program as a host. We charge nothing. Um, and we've had some really heartfelt stories of hosts who are going to lose, essentially lose the farm because of COVID. And Harvest Host members were the only ones who continued showing up because they were able to safely travel in the RVs. So long-winded way of answering your question, we're going to grow membership and we're going to grow the hosts. That money's going to be used to do a lot of hiring. So we, we have a, a number of jobs that we're hiring for. Um, and we're going to invest a lot more in our technology uh, in our, and in our marketing and advertising. Now, uh, we should explain how this works because uh, there's a fee, a membership fee that we as members pay. And then uh, while there is no charge to overnight, uh, the member is expected to patronize the place that they're visiting, a winery, buy a bottle of wine or the farm, some produce. Walk us through that a little bit. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. So our annual membership fee is not expensive. It really isn't. It's the cost of like one or two nights at a campground. The reason we keep it so low is that our members are um, kind of expected to support the local businesses that they visit. And so what we say is, you know, take some of the money you're saving from a traditional campground, purchase the local product. So buy the wine, buy that fresh produce that you mentioned. Um, on average, our members spend about $50 per night 
It's not a requirement. We say spend $20, right? A minimum of $20 to say thank you. But amazingly, our members spend an average of $50 per night. Um, but they come away with more than just a place to stay. They always come away with fresh honey, you know, alpaca scarves, a case of yeah. wine. So you're not leaving empty handed. And it feels good to support these small businesses, like you mentioned. It, it, it does. It does. Walk us through 2021. Uh, Joel Holland, where do you see 2021 going? Not just for Harvest Hosts, but for camping in general. You've done, done the survey that we talked about. Yep. Uh, but from your own gut instinct, as you talk uh, to other hosts and as you stay tuned to the industry, what do you think 2021 is going to look like? Yeah, so I can give you some pretty specific you know, evidence that 2021 is going to be huge. January and February of this year, we saw about a three between a 300 and 400% increase in traffic to our website and membership signups over last year at this time. And remember that January and February of last year were pre-COVID. So, so there's, there's really no, it's not that last year was small, last year was normal. This year, three to 400% higher in the winter months. To me, that says that March, April, May, June, July, August, I mean, it's gonna be bananas in a good way. I mean, I think people are gonna be out exploring and adventuring. It's gonna mean you're gonna, you're gonna need to plan a little more ahead, right? If you're, call those hosts a little bit earlier, make those campground bookings a little bit earlier, be prepared for more people on the road. I think that's the big thing this year. How early should people call? Because many of the sites say, you know, just a day ahead of time. But uh, I think it does require a little more forethought as you start to look where you want to stay. Yes. You know, and it all depends on where you're going. So if you're in a hot spot, right, if you're down in Florida and, you know, we have a couple of very popular locations there, it requires a little bit of, you know, maybe a week, you know, a week or two ahead of time, give them a call uh, or use our new booking system to, to reserve. When I travel, I typically do it like one to three days in advance because I like the spontaneity of RV travel. So I use the Harvest Host program not too far ahead. I, I go a few days out, but I also try to choose locations that are a little bit off the beaten path, right? It's easy to choose that locations right off the highway, um, but everyone's doing that. So I like to look for the ones like in Kansas, there's an alpaca farm, Heartland Farm, run by three nuns in their 80s. Yeah, It's only yeah. like a 15-minute drive off the highway, but it's amazing. And so um, it all depends on location, but I think you can – Then I'll put it this way. You can be a lot more spontaneous with the Harvest Host program than you're going to be able to be with campgrounds. Now, we're talking uh, – we're recording this uh, in uh, mid-March, and uh, – want to uh, this kind of goes forever that's the beauty of podcasts and videos that they're on there forever but mid-march of 2021 as we record this there is a, a a time announcement that i want to make sure all of our listeners and followers receive because uh, prices are going up so walk us through the current membership and then what do they do uh if they can get uh, that uh that renewal or their first uh membership before April 1st of 2021? Yes, so currently membership prices are $79 per year, which gives you access to 1,600 um, wineries, breweries, farms, distilleries. For an additional $20, you get the golf upgrade that adds on about 350 golf courses. Um, on April 1st, we're increasing prices to $99 per year uh, for the standard membership. However, it's only gonna affect people who sign up after April 1st. And one of the things we've done, because we've raised prices in the past, we raised them in 2019, we never raised prices on existing members. 
we find, you know, we like to reward your loyalty, right? So we have some members who joined six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. They're still on the program. They're still paying the price they paid when they signed up back then. Um, we never raise prices on existing members. So um, if you sign up, you know, now, and I would recommend, you know, go, going to RV Lifestyle, go to the website, use yep. their link um, and their coupon code because you can actually get a discount. That discount's locked in for life as well. So whatever price you pay, there's no surprises. It's not like a cable company where they give you a low rate and then jack the rate on yeah. you later. I hate that. So yeah. we give you a price. That's the price you're going to pay forever as long as you're a member. And, and we will put a link to that uh, and it'll be right on, on the website. And that is one of the, the neatest uh, things about Harvest Host is that they can get that locked in now because it is going to go up. It is particularly with the demand in, uh, in RVs. Well, Joel Holland, um, the Harvest Host phenomenon continues. 2,000 host sites now. The only thing I didn't ask you about is, because uh, we know about all the, the cool, the regular sites, you know, the breweries and the farms. But you mentioned the golf courses. We've stayed at a golf course. And I almost hate to tell people about this because that is one of the neatest secrets about Harvest Host. When you stay at a golf course, you're pretty much all alone at night. You have incredible scenery. I mean, a golf course. And there's nobody there at night and early, early in the morning. Uh, how did that come about? And uh, how does that work? Uh, it's a little extra fee for, uh, for members, but uh, you might want to give them an idea about the golf course membership part. Totally. So um, it, it is an additional fee. It's not much. It's like a $20 um, upgrade or add-on. The reason it's separate was we actually bought the RV Golf Club in um, November of 2018. And the way that we paid for the purchase was to make it a, a, an upgrade for our members. Um, what's interesting is now about 30% of our members have taken the, the golf upgrade. So it's very popular. Um, I promise you that 30% of our members are not golfers. And, but what's nice about the golf course inventory is that most of them do not require you play a round of golf. You can simply go to the clubhouse, you know, have breakfast before you hit the road or grab, an, you know, grab a nice sandwich for lunch or have a cocktail in the evening. I mean, it's nice. They always have food services um, in the pro shop or at, their, you know, at, the, at, the, at the bar. Um, and like Mike said, I, the, the golf courses are beautiful. I mean, they're just beautiful. And a lot of these parking lots, they empty out completely at nighttime and we're usually parked right along one of the holes. So you're like looking yeah. at, you know, a, a hole. I like to sit there and have a beer and watch people struggle while they putt because it just makes me feel better as a bad golfer. <laughs> we were doing that at the one we stayed at and I was watching this guy and he's trying and he, he came over and he said, all right, he says, quit watching. He says, come over. You see, you do better. So I went over and I borrowed his clubs and I, we putted and uh, he offered to, like, want to play around? And I said, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know? And, uh, and then we had, uh, we fixed, uh, uh, we had, we, we were having a couple of refreshments and I brought him over as well. So you get to meet people. Okay. So, well, 2000 locations now, again, uh, we'll put the link at rvlifestyle.com and uh, for Harvest Host and uh, you can lock into that current rate right now. It'll never raise on you again. And uh, current members uh, renew now and you won't get stuck at that longer, uh, anything, anything bigger than that. Man, you can't go wrong with the, uh, Harvest Host. The Harvest Host phenomenon. Joel Holland, CEO, congratulations on uh, the big investment and uh, the continued growth. And uh, we'll see you out there at one of your Harvest Host locations, hopefully this year. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure. And uh, that link, if you want to join, if you've not, if you've never joined before and you want to lock in at the current rate and then uh, our discount, because we can get you 15% off the current rate, just go to rvlifestyle.com slash HH. 
if you're a, already a member of Harvest Hosts, whatever rate you paid is what you'll pay next time when you renew. So that's a really good deal because, you know, prices do go up and everything. But before that uh, April price hike, you can lock in the current rate. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash HH, and then you'll get 15% off that price because you're a part of the RV Lifestyle community. Um, I've got a video of the interview with Joel and some images that we have taken over the years as we have visited Harvest Host. And uh, the video will be in the show notes for this episode. If you just go to rvlifestyle.com, uh, if you want to go to rvlifestyle.com slash 337, it'll take you directly to that page of the interview. And also on that uh, page, we have a, a transcript. If Joel said something, you want to go back. What did he say? How did he say that? What did he explain it? Uh, you can find the transcript there as well. Interview of the week on the RV podcast is brought to you by peaceofmindforrvs.com. Listen, write this down. It's all one word, peaceofmindforrvs.com. And, and listen up, I got to, I want to explain this to you because this is something that I was unaware of until just a couple of weeks ago. And I became so uh, impressed by this that Jennifer and I both joined. Uh, Peaceofmindforrvs.com is an emergency transportation coverage solution that pays 100% of all ambulance charges by ground, by air, anywhere. Doesn't my insurance cover that? That's the thing that a lot of people are unaware of. Emergencies are scary enough. Um, emergencies away from home when we're RVing uh, can literally leave you in financial ruin. When it comes to ambulances, this is what we didn't know. Whether it's ground or air, it isn't up to you if your insurance company deems one of them medically necessary. They may say it wasn't. It isn't even up to the EMT who is live on the scene and calls the ambulance because you've been hurt or having a medical emergency. It's totally up to the insurance company. And this, listen to this, one out of seven ground ambulance claims are denied. Air ambulances, which RVers are perhaps more susceptible to having because you might be far from anywhere out there in your RV, uh, whether it's a you know, heart attack or an accident, Air ambulances, because of the Deregulation Act of 1978, they're classified as common carriers, not as a medical expense. And that makes air ambulances one of the most denied claims by insurance companies. So the good news is, and that's where peace of mind for RVs.com comes in. If you go to their website, uh, you can make sure that if you ever need an air ambulance, you don't get stuck with the average $50,000 bill. Peace of mind for RVs.com provides emergency transportation coverage. It covers 100% of all ground ambulances, all air ambulances, and a slew of other additional benefits like return home services, um, recuperate close to home, visitor transportation, vehicle return of your RV and more. And you will get that ultimate peace of mind with this coverage because you are covered everywhere in your permanent home. If you're driving your car and you get in an accident, it doesn't have to be in the RV uh, anywhere um, on the road with or without your RV. If you tent camp, you're covered too worldwide. So I just want you to go to the website, read all the information yourself. Uh, they're a sponsor of ours, and I, you'll hear me talk about them every week, but uh, they're brand new, and uh, just please go check them out. It's uh, peace, 
peaceofmindforrvs.com. Did you get that? peaceofmindforrvs.com. Time now for Off the Beaten Path, a unique RV podcast travel suggestion you probably won't find in a guidebook. Here's Mike. All right. We have our regular Off the Beaten Path correspondents, uh, Tom and Patty Burkett, checking in from the great east coast of Florida. Hey, Jennifer and Mike. We've been to sea castles in Europe and even a couple on this side of the ocean, but have you ever wondered how a princess would live in the USA? You can find out along the Atlantic coast of Florida, near Palm Coast, at the Princess Place Preserve. It starts, as so many things in Florida do, with a land grant from the King of Spain. Just after Spain ceded Florida to the United States in 1819, one of the first orange orchards on the continent, the Cherokee Grove, was established here. The trees were descended from those brought to St. Augustine by Ponce de Leon 300 years earlier. Henry Cutting, a wealthy New York sportsman, bought the property in 1880 and built a home here. Unique among local dwellings, the home is a New England-style hunting lodge with big stone fireplaces and a full wraparound porch. It sits on a point overlooking Palliser Creek and across Anastasia Island to the Atlantic. Cutting didn't stint on the buildings. His new wife was an equestrian, so he built a large and spacious stables, as well as the first in-ground swimming pool in Florida, fed by an underground spring. Beside the pool is a changing house with heat and running water. While sailing down from St. Augustine one day, Cutting died aboard his ship. The cause is a matter of some speculation. He left his 26-year-old wife and two young children to go it alone at Cherokee Grove. On a return trip to her home in New York, Angela Cutting met and later married an exiled Russian prince. Cherokee Grove Camp came alive again, with frequent parties and visitors from New England and Europe. And it got a new name, Princess Place. Eventually, Princess Place was sold to Flagler County and has been in public hands for almost 70 years. Princess Place now sits on more than 2,000 acres of estuarine research land. Miles of trails offer a chance to walk through wetlands along the coast, among cypress and mangrove swamps, and through the hardwood forests of the coastal uplands. There are picnic shelters and benches liberally scattered throughout the grounds. RV camping is available, and a lovely primitive camping area is suitable for Class Bs and small Class Cs, with excellent access to fishing. You could easily spend several days enjoying what this park has to offer, hiking and fishing, walking the grounds, and poking through history. Or you could do what we did, bring a thermos and a pair of binoculars and settle into a rocking chair on the big porch overlooking the estuary and just relax, right here off the beaten path. Another great report from Tom and Patty Burkett, and you can read the Burkitts and uh, look at photos of all their off the beaten path reports. They appear uh, I think every Monday now, it's on Monday, on the uh, RV Lifestyle blog at rvlifestyle.com. What's happening? Time now to check the RV calendar of events and gatherings you need to know about. All right. Um, the season is roughly, uh, quickly drawing to a close. And somewhat roughly, the event that was planned for uh, Fort Myers, Florida, the RV show there has been canceled because they don't have enough inventory. So many RVs are selling, the dealers just didn't have anything to bring to the show. I've got three others to tell you about. One of them we'll talk more about next week in the podcast. We'll interview the guy behind this, but 
the Boston uh, RV Show, which is officially known as the New England RV and Camper Expo, uh, is going to be held online this year, April 10th through the 11th. We're actually going to be a part of that, and we'll tell you more about it uh, next week. But mark that down, uh, April 10th and 11th. It's going to be an, an unusual RV show because everybody in the whole country can attend the New England RV and Camper Expo. And uh, we'll talk more about that next week. April 10th and 11th are the dates. Uh, but looking further into April, I have two other shows to tell you about. One of them, April 16th through the 18th, it's the Heart of Texas RV show at the Bell County Expo Center in Belton, Texas. And then uh, the end of April, April 29th through May 2nd, one of our favorite places, it's the RV Motorhome Hall of Fame in Elkhart, Indiana. They're going to have their spring Hall of Fame RV show, April 29th through May 2nd in Elkhart, Indiana. And that wraps up another episode of the RV Podcast with Mike and Jennifer Wendland. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to the RV Podcast. We're in all the popular podcast apps, and you can also listen on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Till next time, happy trails, fellow travelers. We'll be looking for you down the road. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. I even got some giggles in with the question of the week, how everybody responded. Yeah, that's always fun. We want to invite everybody to join that Facebook group rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook. Hey, uh, check out our blog, rvlifestyle.com. We have new content every single day. And uh, we thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the RV Podcast. Thank you so much for putting us in your ears this week. Happy trails. Happy trails.